guardian angels and patron saints. Pray for us. This episode of the binding of Isaac, where God commands one of the most puzzling things in all of the scripture to sacrifice the promised son, son who had been given to him miraculously, on an altar on the top of Mount Moriah. One of the most important episodes in the whole Old Testament because it's such a clear prefigurement of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. However, we need to allow this episode to to really puzzle us. We've heard it so many times, it, it, it becomes very ordinary to us. But it shouldn't be. It should bother us. It should be troubling that Abraham was this close to performing a human sacrifice at God's command. Imagine the turmoil that Abraham was, was experiencing. Imagine his questions, his, his frustrations, his confusion, and his faith. However, when this episode troubles us, I believe its lessons can actually offer us something, something true. Not that God will periodically and unexpectedly demand something totally irrational from us. Something that appears to be totally contrary to everything else God says. That's not the lesson we're to draw from this. This isn't isn't the truth we're to hear. But rather, the spirit in which that sacrifice was offered is something like what we are called to offer God. When we make sacrifices to God, as we're called to do, and particularly during Lent, right? When we, when we make some gesture of deprivation, mortification, giving up something, something dear to us, and we do so out of a sense that this pleases God in some way, right? I, mean, I, hope, I hope that's why we do it. When we do so, and that thing that we give up is an expression of our gift of ourselves to God, he's pleased by that. But when we sacrifice something and designate some object that I've, that I've given up for God, some act, some form of dedication of my time or money or energy or resources, and I substitute that for myself, I would say God is not pleased by that sacrifice. There's a way in which I can keep God at a safe distance by piling up in front of me all the things that I've done for him. See, Lord, we're good. Here are all my sacrifices for you. Meanwhile, something is withheld from him interiorly. But of course, God doesn't want our things, and he doesn't want the destruction of our things. He doesn't want the destruction of things that are precious to us. What he wants is us. Lord, I'm yours. That's both much more and much less at the same time, strangely, than what we want to give him. How we want to manage that relationship with God. 
So Abraham's willingness to sacrifice Isaac was a sign that what Isaac meant to him wasn't just, well, thank goodness I'm not the one on the altar. Abraham was in the person of his son on the altar. It was as if Abraham was himself being sacrificed. Isaac was no substitute, but was, in a sense, united, bound to Abraham. And what God saw in Abraham was the surrender of himself. Nothing withheld. This is what we are invited to in Christ. Abraham is our father in faith. That's why we mention him at every Mass. The sacrifice of Abraham, our father in faith, meaning the gift of himself, his surrender of his inmost heart to God. And this found expression beautifully in many of the lives of the saints, but perhaps this is a chance for us to revisit a, a prayer that we've probably heard many times in the past. It was written by St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits, writing in the 16th century. Part of his spiritual exercises were meant to help foster and promote the ability to, to make this gift of self to God. And his prayer goes like this. Take, Lord, and receive my entire liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my whole will. All that I am and all that I possess, you've given it to me. I surrender it all to you to be disposed of according to your will. Give me only your love and your grace. With these, I will be rich enough and will desire nothing more. Who among us can pray that prayer and mean it? To me, that feels infinitely beyond my consciousness of my selfish, fearful, tentative way of praying that prayer. It calls out to me all of those things, my, my selfishness, my fear, my tentativeness. But for us as Christians, we look not to our own inadequacy, but find our prayer within the self-offering of Jesus to his Father, who did just this perfectly, without any taint of selfishness, of fear, or of tentativeness. Right? The only reason Ignatius could pray that prayer was because he was close to Jesus. He wasn't a superhero of grace. He was close to Jesus. And so when we attempt to make this prayer and we feel our inadequacy, we feel how imperfect that prayer is, we turn to the altar. Because in this episode of Abraham's sacrifice of his son, we hear of this ram caught in the thicket by its horns. That, again, a prefigurement of Christ, the one who will be provided by God 
in order for the sacrifice to be completed perfectly. It, it came to my attention recently that, of course, we all know St. John the Baptist pointing to Jesus on the, on the shores of the River Jordan at the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Behold, the Lamb of God. It's always been connected to this story. But I also learned an interesting cosmological fact. Jesus was crucified under the astrological sign of Aries, which is symbolized in the zodiac as a ram. Behold the Lamb of God, the one God has provided for the perfect sacrifice. And so we unite ours to his in order that his would make up for what is lacking in ours. That entrustment, which is to happen at the mat, which is to happen at every hour of our lives, but reaches its intense summit in the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. That's our goal. That's our hope in Christ. That such a sacrifice, such a gift of ourselves, such a surrender would actually take place. And I'll just end with this. This week in the bulletin, I just wrote a few thoughts about how important it is to take advantage of the sacrament of confession. And I find that a helpful thing for us to experience our, both our imperfection in our self-offering to God in our repentance, and the way Jesus comes to meet us there and to assist us in it. In my prayer for our parishes this, this Lent is that our confessionals be full, that they be inundated with penitence, those wishing to come and experience Jesus coming to meet them and to take them by the hand and to walk them through their own selfishness, their own fear, their own tentativeness, and leave that confessional healed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.